Ugh, Card Games TV One podcast. <clears throat> the future. Not much for me to for me to do in the DBS card game. Uh, not much left. Currently working on uh, on the on the ebook, so I'm writing a book for Dragon Ball Super. Probably be writing a couple more books for other card games. Um, I'm still waiting for my uh, what they're called. My One Piece binder with the demo decks. Still waiting on that. Uh, I got a lot of the images downloaded for you know the cards, so I should be doing some deck profiles soon. Starting off with a Kaido deck. And what else? And not much left. Just gotta get to my final form. The ebook, current the current title is uh, reaching reaching the fi- your final form. So I already I already got like two two pages already written up real quick. Started off yesterday. At the end of my shift, currently at work now. Shift started, so just thinking of ideas on what to do because I got tons of stuff to do in other uh, projects and other things I'm working on. Working on some electronics, technology stuff, trying to uh, scale up some of my businesses. Definitely want to get that um, tournament center concept up and running. That's going to take some time and money, of course. Definitely need to build up a team. I need a team of people who are capable of doing things. Like programming would definitely be useful. Programming, designing, like 3D graphics, um, manufacturing. I was looking into, yeah, like 3D printing, seeing if there's any 3D printing services in Philadelphia, so that way I can, that would be easier to order stuff and have stuff made if I could have it made in the same city in which I am, instead of trying to order from, you know, far distance. So trying trying, trying to slowly gather together my resources, try to make sure I have stuff that I need people that I need in order to um, do a lot of the business stuff that I'm doing, a lot of projects. Um, most of my projects are card game related, but most of all my other projects are technology or information or solution-based um, projects. <clears throat> my, my business is called Kung Fu Industries. I got a website, Kung Fu Industries dot weebly.com so that's the site that I have a whole bunch of stuff on <clears throat> card games tv one of course is um one of my businesses that's the card game part of the business 
so that's a, a brand as it were I even have a team for it obviously team card games TV one so still working on that <laughs> um, at least I went to a couple uh, tournaments so that's that's helping spread the the team you know the name so that's helping out getting out there um, what else? If you need to put some money into advertisements, many other things of that nature, to further push out the businesses that I have, gotta grow the audience. But yeah, ebook is gonna be interesting because it's it's pretty much taking the masterclass videos. And some other videos that I've done, maybe even some stuff that I said in, in some podcasts, and just all, you know, condensed it down into a, you know, easy to read, easy to follow ebook. I'm trying to put as much of all the information from all these years of, you know, playing this game, or card games in general, but mainly this game and culminate into one book let's see and of course the book will have stuff that's not even you know in the videos because they'll have some extra thoughts some extra insight that's the thing about like writing things down you can like visually look at it visually see if something's missing this is why, you know, like we do deck lists and like deck profiles and stuff like that. Like, that's why it's always a good idea to look at your deck, look at it over and over again and see if there's ways to improve it. If there's things you can do. Um, not only that, but also lines of plays. There'll be times I'll have cards in my decks, which they're there for a reason, but I don't, they're not there for like a big, big reason. Like, something like really important, like, oh, this is a must-have card. They're there because the card is, you know, good, it serves a purpose, and it might come in handy. But sometimes, you'll, you'll get, like, a aha moment, right? An epiphany. You'll, you'll, you'll realize, like, oh, shit, this card has synergy with this card in the deck. Oh, shit, it creates this outcome. And, you know... Sometimes you, you'll you'll double up on that, right? You'll be like, oh my god, this is such a great uh, interaction, great combination of cards. I might as well, you know, put them together and, you know, make the deck run basically off of that, especially if that becomes a win con. Like, I might have, like, two win cons in a deck, but then suddenly I realize that, you know, there's, there's a card in the deck, like, let's say, a unison or something, and that unison in combination with a couple other cards in the deck actually creates uh, another win con it might be a really good win con like maybe an uninteractable win con which is better than the other win cons that my opponent probably could interact with and then it's like oh this one this is this is the, the path the deck should take this is much better um so there's that um sometimes um, your you 
as a player improve in the way you play. Sometimes it could, you know, ironically, sometimes it's actually your opponent that, like, like you know, your the your opponents, um, plural, right? Opponents that you play against. Sometimes they start you start noticing certain patterns. Start noticing they play a certain type of way. They make certain types of decisions, and then you take advantage of it, right? You learn from it, and you improve real quick. And the faster you learn, the better, right? It's always important to be a fast learner, especially in in a you know when it comes to playing competitive, right? When it comes to playing the game, especially if you're playing best of uh, best of three. If you you know if you lose game one, you definitely need to <laughs> learn real quick on how to win, right? How to how not to lose again and win game two, and then you know hopefully win out on game three. Um, that's why it's important to like understand like the different different ways you can win, and sometimes you know just the, the lines of plays. Like sometimes certain combinations of cards, you know, create a outcome that at first you didn't see until you know you finally do see it. And sometimes that comes from you know obviously play testing. Um, it's good to like watch videos online, for example, of people play you know playing. Um, you know, gameplays and uh, listen to people, you know, talk about, you know, the card game and whatnot. Especially if they're talking about, like, a deck that you're playing. You'll get some extra insight. That's why it's always so weird, you know, seeing that a lot of my videos, you know, most people don't really watch the full video. Um, even some people just flat out just be like, yeah, I didn't even watch the video at all. I just looked at the thumbnail and judged, and judged it. It's like you judge a video based off the thumbnail, not by actually watching the video. That don't make no sense. Right. And then what's extra funny is that it comes from people from this generation. It comes from people who are Gen Zs. Who are being very judgmental off the cover of something. You know, aka judging a book by its cover. When they're supposed to be the generation of not judging a book by its cover. And they're all about, you know, the idea of accepting the cover. And that the cover can identify as whatever it wants to be. So, if I can't judge the cover, and the cover can be whatever it wants to be, it can identify itself as whatever it wants to be. You know, it's just kind of ironic when you still have people who are part of that generation, are currently living in this current uh you know, political climate, as they say, still having that mindset of like, oh, I'm going to judge something just based off an assumption, not off of reality, not off, of, not off of facts, just opinions. Opinions matter, apparently. So that kind of weirdness. But again, it's still so, so ironic that it comes from a generation that's main thing, what makes them them, basically, what they try to represent. They try to represent that they're the opposite. We're not like the previous generations where we judge books by covers. We're not like the previous generation where we fat shame and, and, and we bully and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just so ironic to hear them say that, but then prove the opposite. They're always doing the opposite. It's just so ironic to see how many people complain about um, what is it called? Uh, about like, you know, like fat shaming, stuff like that, right? But those same people that, that talk about no one should be fat shaming are the same people that fat shame, which is very ironic. 
like I said, you know, it's like, you know, the newer generation are very hypocritical. It's something I noticed. Very hypocritical. You would like to think that, you know, what they say matters, right? If they say they are, they believe in something, right? They believe that they feel like they're in the wrong body, that, you know, that they're, they're, they're telling the truth, right? That they'll keep the same energy, right? And, they, and that's the funny thing. They, they come up with terms like that, keeping the same energy, built different, right? Which are, you know, terms that I like using myself, but it's just so ironic that they don't even live up to the stuff that they talk about. You know, they're talking about being transparent and being honest and being truthful and to be inclusive and this, that, and there, but they're the ones who are the most inexclusive. They're the ones always trying to... Uh, See, they, they care about being inclusive when they want to be involved. So they'll be like, oh, no gatekeeping. Don't keep me out of this thing that I want to be part of. And then when we let them in, then they suddenly want to gatekeep. <laughs> the irony in there, right? They want to keep other people out. And sometimes they want to kick out the people who, who started the thing in the first place. You know, they want to take credit from other people instead of creating their own path. They want to, they want to copy somebody else's path and then try to claim it themselves and the list goes on. Just some stuff that I noticed. It's unfortunate. You know, like I said, the hypocrisy is like, you know, they want to act like they're better than the previous generation, but in reality, they're either the same or worse because they're lying, right? They're lying saying that they are, you know, much nicer, a much nicer generation when in reality they're not. Just like the idea of like, oh, Gen Z is going to, you know, make the world a better place. But all they do is cancel, right? All they do is is throw out a whole bunch of negativity. They all join together and basically, you know, create mobs and stuff and harass people online. And it's like, yeah, that's that's nothing new. That's nothing special. That's definitely not something exclusive to... to um, you know, Gen Z. Tons of other generations did stuff like that. And they were the wrong ones. They were wrong to do that. Hipsters used to do that. Hippies, right? You know, they used to do that stuff. Talking about love and make love, not war. You know, talking about peace and love and all that stuff. But mostly they just got high and they were lazy and they were doing nothing to make America better. They were all talking about how America needs to be better. But they didn't do anything to make it better, even though they were getting older and they were old enough that they can be in politics. They can be the the, the teachers. They can be the, the lawyers, the doctors, right? They can be the, the mayors and stuff like that. They could be in charge, which is what they're supposed to do because that's part of being a human being, right? It's like when you get old enough, you become an adult. You're supposed to replace all the old adults and they're supposed to retire live, you know, enjoy the rest of their, their life before they die, right? And then y'all supposed to take over. Just like Gen Z is getting older. Gen Z's are in their, in their you know, getting in their, into, their, into their 20s now, if I'm right. Um, th- that's the thing. It's like, you know, Gen Z's are not kids anymore. Mentally, y'all are, but logically, y'all coming into, you know, adulthood and stuff like that, and y'all supposed to be going out here getting jobs and doing things and you know, getting into politics, if y'all care about politics and care about America being great or the world being great, 
Alright then, great. Go be the change that you want to see in the world. But instead, all I see is the same childish patterns I've seen many times before. The idea of, oh, let's tell the old people, let's tell the adults that currently exist right now that they need to fix the problems they created. And it's like, but if you know what is right versus what's wrong, you know, and you have ideas of solutions, right? You're the ones who are saying like, oh, we should do this, we should do that, we should do things this way, we should do things that way. Then why don't y'all do it? It's always ironic, always wanting other people to do stuff. Just like it's ironic that there's people that, you know, like, I mean, I've experienced this many of times where, like, you know, I'll show, like, a, a combo strategy or I talk about, like, oh, yeah, use these cards in a combination. You can do 10 damage, right? And then I'll just get a typical response of, like, you know, well, I want to see some gameplay. Show me. I don't believe you. That's like, y'all not willing to put in the work yourselves and not willing to go try it out yourself and prove it to yourselves that it, that my idea or what I'm saying works. You'd rather have me do it. Right? And that's the thing. Too many people are being lazy, always wanting other people to do stuff for them. We even have that happen, like, I see that, like, online. People complain, oh, the government's not doing this, the government's not doing that. But then be like, oh, but the government's trying to trying to make us depend on them. It's like, wait a minute, weren't you just complaining that the, what the government doesn't do for y'all? That kind of sounds like you depend on the government to do stuff for you. That's what depending on means. The government does stuff for you instead of you doing stuff for yourself. That's what, what it means to be a dependent. Is that in order for you to get something or for you to have something, you depend on someone else being the one that gives it to you, the ones to provide it to you. So it's kind of hypocritical in the same sentence of saying, oh, the government doesn't do nothing for us. And then at, in the second half of the sentence is, the government should be doing this, that, and the third for us. I mean, the government wants to wants us to be dependent on them, wants us to rely on them to give us stuff. And it's like, but weren't you just saying they don't? Yet you are complaining and concerned that they want you to want help from them? Make that make sense. You literally just complain that they don't help you, which means you want the help, but they're not giving it to you, but then complain that that's what they want to do. They want to be in a position to help you, right? They want to be, they want to be in a position that without them, you don't have anything. But you're claiming they don't give you anything anyway, so it's like a little contradiction there, don't you think? Maybe you might want to do things yourself. That's the thing. Too many people are not doing things themselves. Well, you literally have to have other people, like myself, for example, solving problems for y'all. Because most people can't solve problems themselves. I mean, I see that in the card game community. That, I mean, I'm seeing that right now in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, ironically. You know, it's actually inspiring me to, you know, kind of put out a couple of deck profiles out there. You know, I've been looking at some, some cards and stuff. It's been a while since I've built decks for Yu-Gi-Oh. Where I'm seeing people like, you know, complaining about, you know, how boring the game is because there's not much innovation. There's not much creativity in the game because everybody's pretty much doing the same thing. It's like, well, yeah, that's what ha happens when you have a whole bunch of net deckers and not enough deck builders, right? When you don't have people experimenting, trying things, trying to do things differently on purpose for the sake of keeping things fresh and new. 
I mean, there's so many different versions of Boma Burn I created, right? Like, I made different Boma Burn decks. The concept's the same. It's all about stalling with Boma, right? Blocking, 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 and chip at my opponent's life, and then burn them for game, right? <laughs> you know, not much has changed. I mean, I just got a couple upgrades from my Boma deck. It's going to be a GT Boma Burn, but still, it's Boma Burn, right? <laughs> my, my whole my whole shtick, right, with that deck is... You know, chip away at my opponent's life, get them down to two at least, and then burn them. I mean, now I could probably do a three damage burn or four damage burn um, strategy. So if I could stall long enough, I could potentially do four damage. Um, obviously, the first four damage is easiest, next two requires a little effort, and the last two is the hardest. Therefore, I don't have to go that far. I could just, you know, burn for two or one depending on the situation but it's just the idea of you know that there are new cards that I could I could play with and you know and get out the the results that I want which is to burn my opponent for game you know pretty simple not complicated I made different versions I even had like a like a what is it called um an invoker boma deck that was fun I've tried different stuff. They all work. They all, it's not like every, you know, I, I make different versions because some of the versions don't work. It's like, no, they all work. It just, I like to do things differently. I don't wanna, I don't wanna do the same thing over and over again. Sometimes I just wanna change things up a notch. Sometimes you just wanna improve upon, some, uh, you know, on something. So if something is good, but it can be better, then obviously you improve it. But just doing things differently just makes the game different. Like, the end result is going to be I'm just going to, you know, block, 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 and burn my opponent for game. Nothing new when it comes to that strategy. It's just what I play, the cards I play, the, the play lines, the, you know, it's the only thing that, that changes. Like I've said before in a couple other podcasts, is that every, every deck's the same, you know. All my Boma Burn decks are the same. All my Hatchiac decks are virtually the same. Well, the ones that are similar, right? Like the blue Hatchiac decks are pretty much the same. The red Hatchiac decks are pretty much the same. And you get the idea. But, you know, they're pretty much relatively the same. Because it depends on the strategy that I'm using that determines, um, you know, the outcome. Obviously, all the Hatchiac decks take advantage of the, the leader's effect to slow the game down. So... They all have that in common. But how I end the game, how I finish the game, is what varies. I mean, I could do a red-blue Hatchiac deck where Catastrophic Blow is my win con, right? That wouldn't be complicated to do. And I could throw on top of that the... Um, yeah, I think I'll probably do that just because just it's fun. Fun idea. Um, the, uh, whatchamacallit... The 10 drop uh, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, uh, Prismatic Burst. He burns when you have red energy, so I could do red. I, I, so that could be another way of burning my point from one, right? So cast traffic blow, four, you know, four copies of those and four of the Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta Prismatic Burst. Bang, I have eight cards in the Hatchiac deck. They could burn my point for one damage. So all I'll do is just get them down to one, which is typically not that hard. You know, from my my experience, and then burn them for game. And the deck is really good at stalling, 
so it wouldn't be that hard to 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 pull that off. You just gotta pull it off. Um, let's see, but you know, like I'm, I'm saying that you know it's kind of ironic how people out there just have this mindset of like a bare minimum which is like the most common term you hear nowadays oh oh my god he just does the bare minimum bare minimum bare minimum and the irony the same people that say that are the same people that provide the bare minimum you know it's just so ironic that's what they do the bare minimum yet they want to label other people that and the same people they will use negative terms like say somebody's trash it's like hmm you say I'm trash but do you even play the game I don't even know who you are you're just some random person that popped out of nowhere and just said that I'm bad at the game but it's like okay let's let's go with that okay I'm bad at the game but I'm actually playing it though so at least I have that going for me at least I'm at least I'm playing the game so at least I can say I'm bad at it <laughs> right at least that's something I can claim right I'm bad at the game but that the main thing is I have to be playing the game in order for you know that that to you know for that to even be true right for me to not be good at the game I have to actually be playing it so it's just kind of ironic that some people that I don't even know if they play the game or not you know say say that I'm bad um, there are some few people who you know have their opinions and their views of me that do play the game. It's like, okay, fair enough. At least you play the game. So at least you know, your opinions or your thoughts or your viewpoint of me playing the game. You know, at least at least it's coming from at least it's coming from a player. Lost train of thought. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, players, you know, I'd rather a player, you know, be the one to, you know, tell me what they think about, you know, my decks or me or whatnot than somebody that doesn't even sound or even look like a player or there's no proof that they're a player, let alone if they're good or not, <laughs> you know, without, you know, if I don't, you know, it's like, it's just funny, it's like, it makes sense, right? Because the concept of judging usually comes from experience, right? You judge those based off of what you know, right? Your personal experience. So if you're a good basketball player, right? Really good. Let's say you won a basketball tournament. It makes sense you're capable of judging, right? You're capable of um, analyzing, critiquing, you know, being able to look at what somebody else is doing and be able to see the strengths and weaknesses and whatnot, right? That makes sense, right? Because that makes you a um, subject matter expert is what it's known as. Uh, but it's always ironic that there's people that, you know, don't seem to be subject matter experts. You know, trying to tell somebody who is putting time and effort to be a subject matter expert, right? That they don't know what they're talking about, right? And it's like, okay, that sounds more like an opinion, not, not, not something based off of facts, not something based off of reality, right? And it's like, if you can prove, that's the important thing, right? 
it's a scientific it's a scientific method, right? You have you have a hypothesis that I'm not good at the game. All right, fine. You have a hypothesis that my decks aren't good. That is fine. That's a hypothesis, right? Until you prove otherwise, that's all it is. It's just a theory, right? It's a hypothesis. You think that's true, but it doesn't mean it is until we can um, prove it, right? And that's where and that's where playtesting comes in, right? That's where you know trying out the deck for yourself. And that's the thing uh, about you know, which is why it's so weird for me to see people having you know, you know, being negative and stuff like that when it comes to deck profiles even though ironically my profiles are more popular than my gameplays that's the thing i literally have gameplays of me playing decks yet that doesn't get as much attention as my deck profiles people watch my profiles more than they watch my gameplays but it's like that's kind of odd considering the fact you get more out of the gameplay than you get the, the than you get out of the deck the deck profile especially nowadays where i barely you know talk about the deck um I just, you know, show you the list, talk about some some aspects of the list, certain point, important details of the list that, that, that I want to make sure y'all know about. Sometimes, you know, I give y'all the mulligan uh, strategy, which is you, you these are the cards you want to keep in your opening hand, the rest mulligan them away type stuff. So I give that so you get an idea of how you're supposed to play the deck. Sometimes I give you the turn one, turn two, turn three, turn four you know, play lines, um, but to actually see the gameplay, to actually see me mulligan, right? To actually see what I do turn one, what I do turn two, turn three, and so forth and so forth, until, you know, the end result of the game, whether the game ends in victory or loss, right? You'll, you should get more out of that. And that, and I always agree with the idea, like, yeah, I want to do gameplays because I want to be able to showcase, you know, how I expect people to use uh, use my decks if they're interested in playing it. I mean, I mean, you know, originally though, you know, obviously the idea is like, oh, these are my lists. I'm just showcasing uh, what my my decks look like, um, how I play them, and whatnot. Obviously, that's that's a personal thing. That's that's a me thing, right? That's how I, how I play the deck is how I play the deck. So, you know, unless people want to mimic me and copy me, there's no real reason for me to like just be showcasing how I play. But since there's so many people that are curious, as well as, you know, a lot of negative Nancys and a lot of naysayers, I was like, okay, so y'all want to see me play. Okay, well, I'll show (laughs) y'all. And I've done, I've done that. Done some gameplays, you know, I've done some some gameplays recently. And, um... Just so ironic that don't that those videos don't get as much attention or as much views and definitely don't get shared as much as the the you know as the deck profiles considering the fact that the gameplays literally show you more of the deck plus should be more entertaining i mean that's one of the things i i, I thought that well thought not thought because i was pretty much constantly told that you know gameplay was important right so you know i'm not against the idea you know i agree but just so ironic that the analytics right the reality doesn't doesn't correlate and this is why is you know the importance of you know understanding this like yeah this is what happens when you got a few people who 
or very loud complaining about something you see the reality there's like yeah it was just a few people complaining on average no one else really cared <laughs> right uh, they didn't so they don't care much for gameplay because they're more interested in playing the game themselves which is fine you know I do agree that y'all should be playing the game you know I want to see gameplays you know of people um, you know using my tactics and, and whatnot that's what I rather see than you know because the thing is yeah I know how I play I know what I what I think and you know how I'm improving it's like me improving in the game benefits me it doesn't really benefit much anyone else unless you know y'all copying me then yeah of course I'll benefit y'all but realistically me improving in the game only really benefits me because it's me getting better at the game right everybody you know plays differently everybody you know prefers their preferences um, you know have their preferred um, strategies their preferred you know colors and whatnot so it's like it's the way it's supposed to be you know everybody should be should be trying to do their own thing you know I don't mind people you know looking at what I do you know you know and, and, and appreciating it and admiring it and whatnot that's always good and I'm okay with that but it's just funny you know when there's some people who want to have an opinion or want to quote unquote critique something but all, all in reality is just they just want to hear themselves speak, because realistically, all of all of it, all of it, and all of it leads up to equals nothing, right? Most of my naysayers, none of you know, none of them, you know, hit me up or anything like that and be like, "Hey, man, you were right. I was wrong. I, I understand. I see what you, I see what you were talking about. You know, I didn't understand before, but I understand now. You know what I mean, like." That'd be kind of cool, but it's so rare for anyone to admit they're wrong. That's the thing. They, you know, that's part of the, but, you know, not too surprising because it is the Internet. You know what I mean? Most people tend to want to be private on the Internet. It's always kind of ironic that when it comes to positivity, it tends, that tends to be quiet, right? When it comes to negativity, people want to be public about it just because they're on the internet. Like, let me hide behind my phone or my computer screen and tell somebody that I dislike something. Like, what? But when it comes to telling them you like something or, you know, you understand that you're wrong and now you appreciate, you know, what the person you thought was wrong was, you know, was doing. It's like, oh, okay, now I understand. Now I, I can appreciate what you were saying or doing more now. You know, that they'll keep to themselves. That they'll be quiet about, but they'll be they'll they'll gladly be loud and and, and be public with 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 negativity. And that's the, the irony, especially when it comes from Gen Z, like the you know positivity generation. Yet they're the ones who are the most negative, especially from my experience. And I've experienced multiple generations. You know. I've experienced, uh, you know, the boomers, and I've experienced the, the zennials and the millennials, Gen Zs, and now the alpha, uh, Generation Alpha. And, yeah, Gen Z is uh, funny on, you know, how hypocritical they are. You know, older generations are not perfect, but they know they're not. 
And that's why they try to teach the next generation to not make the same mistakes as them. But one of the things I noticed that's different about Gen Z versus other generations is that Gen Z likes to think that they're not wrong, that they know the difference between right and wrong, and that they quote-unquote always choose right. But in reality, they tend to choose the opposite. So, that's a thing. Because I know way before Gen Z started, you know, definitely being more on the internet, right? Being, you know, because they used to be babies at one time, right? Many years ago. But when they started going into their pre-teens, right? Into their teenage years. That's when they started being on the internet more. Then they started getting into card games and stuff like that. So that's why if you really pay attention, you know, you know I'm old. So I've been, uh, been in card games for many, for 20 plus years. That obviously the older, you know, the older generations were way different. You know, they were, they were, they were more open to uh, different ways of doing things. They were more open to stuff, right? They, they were, being different was always a good thing. That's the thing you aspired to be, was different and unique and special and stand out. But then Gen Z started coming in and for them it was all about being equal, inclusivity, balance, fair, all this stuff that sounds good when you say it, but when it comes to practice, no, they want the unfair advantage. They want to win regardless, even if it means they have to cheat, right? Shit, more cheating has been, you know, been more of a thing in the past couple of years than it has been in the past 200 years <laughs> or a thousand years of human history. You know, more cheating has been more accepted because, you know, clout, right? Among other things, you know, Positivity. I don't want no negativity in my life. It has to be all about, about positive vibes and vibes and vibes. And it's like, ugh, vibe. I'm not against the term, you know. I just, I just hate that I, I always, it's just when I hear it, especially from a younger person, it's always like, ugh, just sounds like some hippie bullshit, right? Sounds like some nonsense, some mumbo jumbo, basically, some magic type thing where it's like, vibe okay how do you quantify vibe oh you know it's kind of like a feeling like oh of course feelings something you can't quantify something that's not physical not something you can you can put on a google docs or write it down on a piece of paper and it, and it will actually mean something right like you know you can't you know psa graded and stuff like that like how you can with a dragon ball super card right you know can't make a deck profile about your feelings, right? <laughs> yeah, but anyway. So many things. So many things that I've been seeing out there. Online. But, you know, it's... You know, it's part of life. Especially as a deck builder. Um, trying to be able to, you know... Explain, relay, share, make understand. You know, when especially when you're constantly being innovative... You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get people to uh, change or to accept new uh, new ideas and new concepts. Eventually people do, you know. It's just that I notice it takes like a year or two for people to catch up. And it's like, yep, been doing this for a long time. And notice that, yeah, things that I did a year, two years even, sorry, three years ago. Are starting to now be, you know, commonplace. 
you know, it's starting to be the new new. It's like, ah, something that's three years old for me, it's the brand new hotness for y'all. So something I discovered, a concept I came up with three years ago now is been newly discovered. <laughs> it's always funny, especially to be alive, to see it, to see like, wow, something I did a year ago is now being used in the competitive scene and it's topping and it's like, it could have been topping this whole time. It could have been topping for a year now. It's not like the cards didn't exist at the time. It's just people now wanted to do what I did so many years ago. <laughs> yeah, but that's the, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. I mean, that happens with a lot of stuff, not just me. That, that happens a lot in this world. Certain ideas don't get used or adopted so many, many, many years later. Shit. The vaccine for the, for the coronavirus, you know, was created like 60 years ago. And it's just in the past two years got adopted, right? It's just that the, the, the concept and the myth, it finally got used. It's like, damn, 60 years and now we're using it when we could have been using it for, for the past 60 years. And, and we could be ahead of any future pandemics 60 years, you know, in, in advance. I mean... Fortune for for us, sixty years ago, somebody had the bright idea to to do mRNA vaccines. Um, ironically, I'm one of those people, but <laughs> that's besides the point. The thing is, is, like, it's just the irony. A lot of what we have now, um, well, when it comes to car games, but just even in life. A lot of the technology we have now, a lot of the ideas of, of life, you know, our ideas that I've had many, many years ago. I mean, just the fact that I'm recording this on a electronic device in my pocket is, is an idea that I had when I was, what, 10, 11, something like that. Definitely, definitely always envision, especially when I was 14, I was like, yeah, when I get older, I'm going to, I'm going to have a computer in my pocket <clears throat> with internet, because at that time we did have internet, it was like Windows 95 is the operating system we had at that time, I'm like, I'm definitely going to have that in my pocket someday, be able to access the information of the world, be able to communicate with other people through something in my pocket. And now I'm making this podcast with something in my pocket. <laughs> uh, just the irony. And just to think like, damn. That was over 20 years ago. Woo! Over 20 years ago, I envisioned me talking, interacting with other people through something that fits in my pocket. And here I am making a podcast just reminiscing on the fact that I had that uh, that idea that I saw this current time frame, this future, so many years ago. And then there's the Mandela effect. <laughs> oh, that's a Mandela effect. Oh, I won't be surprised. There's tons of Mandela effects in the card games. 
I know there's tons of stuff that, you know, starting to be different. Uh. <sighs> Shit, erratas always feel like Mandela effects. <laughs> like, how are you going to change the effect of a card that you created? I'd rather you just ban the card or create a new card, brand new card, that has a, a different effect from the original. Like, we don't need to errata a card. Like, it makes no sense that we keep, especially in Dragon Ball Super, we keep errating things. It's like, no, no, no. Just make a new card that has that has the same effect. <sighs> Sorry. Because what if we want to do, um like, like, go format or something, right? What if we want to, you know, try out some... You know, play the old original Mecha Frieza and, you know, have some fun and, you know, do whatever you want with it. Because, you know, it is a game. A game is a game. But the fact that, yeah, you know, they want to change the effect of a card. But it's supposed to be the same card, but but a different effect. It's like, for all that, you could have literally created a brand new card. It's not like you had to change the Mecha Frieza card. And, and make these changes. You could have created a new Mecha Frieza card, right? With different artwork and whatnot. Like, it could have been just a different Mecha Frieza, you know? Uh, or it could or, or it could just be any other character. It didn't have to be Frieza. It could have just been any other character and give them the, the new effect. So that way it can... Maybe we can have something different. Because there's some characters we don't even have yet. You know, we don't have Popo leader. You know, Corrin leader. Uh, Yajirobe leader. Uh, baby baby Pan leader. That'd be precious. Baby Pan leader. Like, come on. Like, there's, there's, there's tons of characters we don't have leaders for yet. Like, shit, for a long time, we've been wanting a Pan, an, um, a launch leader that uh, flips back and forth. You know, we finally got that, so that was awesome. But it's like, okay, there's other leaders we want. We definitely want the uh, the farmer with a shotgun leader. Like, that definitely should be a leader, or at least a battle card. That'd be some bullshit. You know, we don't get anything to represent him. Because the funny thing is, we got Raditz. Um, we do need more uh, uh, Gohan, you know, Childhood Gohan um, cards that has him with that little that little uh, Chinese outfit with the four star Dragon Ball on his hat. We still need more of that. Um, uh, definitely want more future Gohan stuff. That'd be nice. <sighs> some old leaders that haven't even had, well, some old characters, I should say. They didn't even have more than just one leader, like Hatchiak. There should be a new Hatchiak. See, what's so funny about Hatchiak that I recently said that to somebody, like, oh man, a new Hatchiak leader, and they were like, no, we don't need any more Hatchiaks. And I'm like, and I'm, and, or something like that. And it's like, you do know I mean just the character, more Hatchiak leader characters, not more leaders that do what Hatchiak does or another Hatchiak um, leader that does the same thing that the leader does or 
it adds some extra effect like it makes it where you know i mean i would like it i would like an updated hat check that includes unisons to make it where my opponent i mean well i would like it if it includes unisons and leaders right if you attack with something bang unison and leaders also get affected not just tokens right um because right now people tend to use leaders and unisons as their main attackers when it comes to playing against hatchack so it'd be kind of cool to have a more powerful upgraded version that makes that makes you know that harder it makes it harder to use unisons against them um against the hatchack leader but that, that that'd be asking for too much <laughs> and that'd be a little bit too strong so i'm fine with hatchack as is i'm just saying a different hatchack leader so we can have some variety. <sighs> we have we have multiple Harurigan leaders. Why can't we have multiple um, uh, Hatchack leaders? We have multiple Broly leaders. Yeah. There there's there's a bit of there's a bit of fan a fan base behind Hatchack. So why not give them a little bit of support? But just one of the many things that I noticed. That's I see online or don't see <laughs> like but I do believe there's gonna be a new hatchback leader I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised it's probably gonna be a new hatchback leader probably a new trunks uh trunks trunks cheetah vegex vegex is what I'm thinking there's probably gonna be a new vegex leader a new hatchback leader so I'm looking forward to that which is part of why I keep talking about like oh man I want a new one I want new ones like we only we literally only have one hatchback leader and we, and, we, and we only do just like basically one thing with it <laughs> stall it'd be kind of cool to have you know a, a hatchback leader that does something different since the black one is anti-aggro basically what would the other one be uh, anti-mill right maybe anti-hand control I don't know And anti-destruction, like imagine a hatchback leader just to just well imagine a hatchback leader that turns most of your cards into uh, blockers or um, or or turns your battle cards into deadly defenders. Granted, that makes it almost like a hat you know the hatchback that we have, but it'd be similar. But the thing is, in order to have the hatchback anti-aggro aspect right or to have the floodgate ability you got to have a battle card in play um to be the target of attacks so your opponent can't attack your leader until they get rid of all your battle cards so that'd be kind of interesting um just an idea obviously just throwing it out there into the universe and see if it the Bandai gods listen and make it a reality. <laughs> oh man, that'd be crazy. Turning battle cards into deadly defenders. Shit. That, yo, that'd be busted if they make unisons into deadly defenders. Oh my god. Oh, I love that. A black unison. Wall in rest mode. <laughs> my opponent can't attack the leader. Mm. No, that's too much. That's busted. And it has to have a plus one ability. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. 
All right, I'll be the end of this podcast. I'm just rambling.